We are good. We're live. We are live. We're back. Another episode of Childhood Nostalgia Month. Oh, man. Oh, man. How did you guys like the internet last week? It really, I mean, that one took me, took me by surprise. I feel like it's been staying with you. <laughs> I can't let it go. It's like people that bring their work home. I'm just like, life is not the same and it will never be as good I as know, it was. I know. But then, um, do you remember in the episode when I was like, you know, I really just want a night where like I AIM yes. pretty much like on my laptop. Yes. I, I did that for like two hours. I love that. You carried it out. I did. I like had a glass of wine and played music and I like lived in it for a little bit. It oh, was really wow. special. Wow. Were you messaging me at that time? You, um, who else was I messaging? Did you make the cut? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you make the list? I think it was probably you, Alice, and Allison, maybe? And I was just like, this, my girls. Your girl gang. I was like, no one leave me for the next hour. Truly. Like, keep it, keep it spicy. God, it's just keep it quick. the memories. The memories, but. I but- also, when I have a job and I have to use Slack, I kind of feel like that too because it's its own like messaging system. I still, I'm paying for Slack right now and I never use it right now. So I really need to cut that out. But mm. Slack is same but different right. feeling. It's well Slack is miserable because it's usually just with work stuff. So. That's true. Same with like Gmail chat is always a really haunting thing to me. I don't me. think I've done Gmail chat. I feel like we used to do it back in the day. Mm. But now I'm like I can never look at it again. Right. No. <laughs> Triggering. Yeah, it's seriously it's it's dead and gone. Well, welcome to Right Answers Mostly. Yes. I'm Claire. I'm Tess. This is a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but you wanted to. You sure did. How's your day, your week? We can going, Tess? You know, the week has felt, it's had some highs and lows. Mm. I just feel like it's like always a reminder of weeks that feel like one day is great and you're like so productive and you just feel like you're getting things done. And then some days you're just like, I feel blue. I feel like the anxiety is at an all-time high and this will go away probably by tomorrow. <sighs> and usually it does. Maybe so, by the evening. Yes. It's like, it's just a reminder to like ride the wave. Not just to feel like everything is, you know, catastrophizing everything. So I just had like an up and down week, I think. Yeah, your LimeWire lover has been out of town too, and that throws things off. That is true. My baby's gone. Yeah, but he's coming back. He's coming back. So that will change things. That is true. Yeah, it felt like a long week, but but yeah. How's your week been? It's been pretty – last week – You've been busy. Yes. Last week, what, it's like flew by, and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily flying by, but not in a bad way. I had a lovely weekend last weekend. We – Walk to dog people. Ugh. I watch um, Mrs. Doubtfire for the first time with uh, you, Allison, and Alice. I like love that movie more and more each time I watch it. I so I went to the bathroom. I came out. I was like, my eyes look all crazy. Why does it look like that? And everyone's like, why does it look like that? And I was like, well, I was crying at the end of it. <laughs> Your eyes, like, I didn't want to scare you, but I because usually you don't get like. When you cry, your eyes are like glassy, but they usually don't get red. And the under of your eyes are so red. I was like, this movie did enough. <laughs> Literally, like the color of an orange and like um, a blood orange, I would say. I, I would say too. And it, I didn't mean to scare you, but I was I like. I was scared. <laughs> I was scared to us. But Mrs. Doubtfire loved that movie. And then my LimeWire lover and I went mm. on a really nice long walk on Sunday. And then we watched the Grammys. Uh, and Yeah, Grammys, um, Grammys were fun. So now we're hearing all about the Grammy controversy. Is. Oh, tell me. Okay, so also by the time this episode comes out, the Grammys have been out for a second, but yes. we're debriefing now. But we like to discuss mm-hmm. because we like to do a little bit of pop culture mm-hmm. gossip as always. So the reason why Harry, it's been confirmed why Harry Styles had like that kind of weird performance is because the stage was going the opposite. He was on a circular rotating table. 
tables disc yes like a disc it's like a it's like a, um, a treadmill kind of but circular you could say that's yeah and it was going the wrong way and so he and all the dancers had to improvise that moment and then he kept missing his light and his cues for the song so Ugh. that's why he also didn't sound that good that is show business though the show must go on also someone <gasps> definitely got fired that night well i have to say i do feel for harry because then he was booed Ugh. when he got yes. album of the year that was horrible everyone shut up and then adele afterwards was like I wish it could have been Beyonce. She said that? She said it to a news reporter. They were like, what'd you think of tonight? And she was like, oh, I had the best time, but um, I'm always going to stand Beyonce, though. And like gave a little look, a little like, hmm. So apparently there's like beef between them or something. He doesn't, um, she doesn't like Harry. I wonder why. I wonder, are they from, I don't know, they're both like British. Is there some like maybe some backstory or something? And then mm-hmm. people are mad that Harry Styles said, this doesn't happen to people like me when he won. Why? Because people are like, oh, you're a white, straight dude. Okay, guys, <laughs> listen. We got to cool it. Listen, I, I'm, again, the energy is good, but I think it's misdirected. I think context matters. I think Harry Styles has always been like a really good advocate for a lot of different things. He's also like, is not straight. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, he's a white dude, but, but like, even if he is a straight white dude, like, that's true. He came, like, he was on X Factor before this. It's not like he came from a nepo family, and it's like it's okay for him to win an award. Let him have his moment. It was a great album, and I think he genuinely was like, when you get up there, you're thinking about yourself as a little kid. Yes, and exactly. Like, I truly think the sentiment was sweet, and I think we all take a breath. Yeah, we need to take a breath. It's it's a lot. But I always think the Grammys are fun because of the performances yes. and all of that. So yes. I mean Lizzo, she is uh our I'm making the newsletter tonight and she's a crush of the week at the <gasps> Grammys. She, her speech was gorgeous. Gorgeous. And I love how this is if we ever had to make a speech on national TV, it was like quiet every other second because she was cussing. Oh oh really? Oh yeah. And I love that. Oh good for her. I mean, like guys, come on. Isn't it crazy that you can't cuss on TV? It, well you can like say they I think you could say like damn, but they would take out shit. I thought that you could also say bitch on some oh. networks. Because like housewives, they say bitch, but they bleep out shit and fuck. And cunt. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry Which to take some, it there. Some housewives would say that's not, um, it shouldn't be so, uh, what's what's the word? Just like laissez-faire to say it. Yeah. But some will wear it around their neck. Exactly. Erica Jane, not like we like to give you any more credit. No, we don't. Because but, you know what you've done. And we're sick of it. And we're sick of it. All the crime needs to stop on Housewives. But also, it keeps on giving. <laughs> it really does. So I guess I'm not that mad about it. Can't wait for next season of Potomac. Oh, can't wait. Can't mm. wait. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, our little pop culture recap. Yes. And if you want more of it, check out our Patreon. We usually do once a month. We do a celebrity gossip thing because it's so fun and why not? This could go on for an hour, which it does. And we have. And we do. $7.99, patreon.com slash right answers mostly. But today, yeah, I'm drinking again, Luann. Tess is not drinking. I'm not drinking today, kids. You know that this happens to me once every like 10 episodes where I'm like, my body needs a break. My body is crying. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens to me. I'm just glad that you listened to your body. (laughs) It just, there were some things that scared me this morning and I won't get into detail. Mm, But you know. We can only imagine. When you're just like, ah? Yes, yes, I know. Ah. Well, I'm drinking a June Shine, um, the vodka soda passion fruit, which is what we drank for our early 2000s. It just takes me back. Passion fruit, for some reason, really takes me to a time of yonder. And we did used to, that was like a... OG drink mm-hmm. at the beginning too. Exactly. So, mm, the nostalgia. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little drunk. 
<laughs> oh my god yes the nostalgia of it all it's there but i mean i think honestly talking about harry in one direction I mean, my palms are sweating it's the perfect kickoff because today we're getting into it we are talking battle of the boy bands Oh. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Tess, what okay, what are your God. what are your experience with boy bands past, present? <sighs> I'm nervous for this episode. Mm. I'm nervous for this episode, but excited. I, I am so excited because I truly feel like you are gonna be giving me a lesson that I have never learned in my life and something that I should have known twenty years ago. How did you miss this? I missed the boy bands, everyone. I'm gonna announce it and you can yell at me later. But please be kind. No, 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 no. We are here to learn together. We're always we're a community, guys. We're not going to attack each other. That's true. I think we only get attacked on TikTok. Ex- yeah, every once in a while. Except um, I will be pinning boy bands against boy bands. So um, well, just for this, that's what that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just like I think I mentioned maybe in last week's episode. I just grew up being a, like the music and TV and movie regulations were a bit more harsh in my households, I will say. Um, and I think like Britney and Christina and boy bands, I think I think my parents were just a little bit like, we don't want you listening to this stuff. And so like, I did like at school, but I would always remember like kids like starting to sing together. Of and I would be like, and like, I would be, pretend to know, you know, that like, <laughs> melting it. like not really saying the words. Oh my like, God. <laughs> And so I so remember doing that because, like, I was just listening to, like, ABBA oh, I and Madonna ABBA. and, like, Indigo Girls. You were, like, the alt girl. But, like, it wasn't, like, now I'm, like, oh, that would have been cool if actually people were, like, so you listen to, like, cool music. But everyone was, like, why don't you know this song? Like, oh. it wasn't, like. They attacked you. They bullied me. Wow. Wow. Well, we could change all of that today. You're going to be so informed. Yes. But now love to hear it mm-hmm. at, a, at the clubs. Not like I'm ever at a club. At, at a club. bar. Yeah. I'm like, where do I hear this music? On the radio? Radio? Yeah. On, you know, I like TikTok. To go back. TikTok. Yeah. But I just don't know very much about them. Yeah. I, yeah. What's your relationship like with the two of, two of the, the bands? Well, maybe I should start off with some a little something I wrote. So... <laughs> Is this, if I may. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> and here we go. What to say about NSYNC. They were my first crush, my introduction to pop music, and my first concert. The year was 2000. My mom checked my sister and me out from school. We drove four hours away to Little Rock, Arkansas. We were on our way to see NSYNC, No Strings Attached Tour, the predecessor to their Pop Odyssey Tour, sponsored by Verizon Wireless and Chili's. <laughs> <sighs> Let me take a breath. Okay. And Chili's. <laughs> At this time, I hadn't really been introduced to, in- to NSYNC yet, so I kept calling them Backstreet Boys, a mistake that was immediately and sternly corrected by my sister. Mm-hmm. We arrive at the concert, the lights go down, and the opener storms the stage. The opener being Cisco. He performed his number one hit, The Thong Song. I watched in awe as the backup dancers moved in ways I had never seen before in their gold metallic thongs. At this point, my mother surely regretted bringing her six-year-old <laughs> child, but I had never felt more alive. You were six? Six. I might have actually been five. In 2000, I was five or six. Holy shit. Depending on the month. <laughs> Good for 
you? How could anyone follow this? But little did I know, this was just the beginning. As Cisco exited stage right, I asked my mom and sister, when did the Backstreet Boys come on? In St. Clair, stop calling them Backstreet Boys, my sister retorted. Suddenly, five puppets, no boys, no men, on strings, appeared on stage. Men I knew now went by NSYNC. The strings disappeared and men floated into the air. No strings attached, indeed. I was frightened yet intrigued. intrigued. <laughs> Screams from preteens and moms alike shook the arena. As the title track p- played, the show officially began. The dance moves, I had never seen anything like it, the way they popped and locked. Who is the guy with the crunchy bleach blonde curls poking through his bandana, I asked my sister. That's just Justin Timberlake. He's so hot. I didn't get it then, and I still don't get it to this day. Mm. But my eyes were drawn to another blonde, Lance Bass. I only had eyes from Lance from that moment on. I would go on to scream every time my mom said his name. I was changed. I would never mistake NSYNC and Backstreet Boys again until I did two weeks ago on our podcast, Right Answers Mostly. (laughs) I would become obsessed from the board game NSYNC Backstage Pass to the hit clips I owned that played the same 15 seconds of Bye 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 over and over again. NSYNC was always there for me and made my childhood what it was. Till the day my life is through, this I promise you. Beautiful, Claire. That felt like a journal entry from like the early 2000s. Sorry that we took that big of a chunk, but I was like, that is my experience with boy bands. NSYNC was everything to me. That was... And that was my first concert. Eloquent. That was... I felt like I was there. Even you remembering (laughs) stage stage right. Well, I mean, some things might have been fabricated a little bit, but hey, hey, the the, the sentiment was there. It is magic. I'll never forget my mom going, oh my God, when the thong song started playing. Oh, so that was the tour where they were like in the little. Yes, they came was that down. The album cover too, when they're like yes. in the strings, and they have the girl and Bye 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 playing with their strings, and they're just like, oh, I do remember like watching that and being like, that is creativity. It create at is, its finest. That is art. It is art. I also sent Tess a clip of Justin Timberlake coming out and going, "Human beatbox." <laughs> well, <laughs> we well. It's tough. I'm like, do we, will we get into him? Being, we will get into him. Because you know that we, I think we even said on. We know how that, we feel about him. He's not happy. We know how we feel about him. And we will get into all of it. Mm. So shall we begin? Yes, I'm so excited. Here we go. Mm. Okay, so the history kind of little backstory about boy bands. Although generally described as a rock band, the highest selling band in history, the Beatles, have been described by some journalists as the first or the original boy band even though the term wasn't there yet. However, on Billboard.com, they say, by definition, boy bands are groups made of men that not only create pop music, but also sing and dance, an important detail that excludes the Beatles from making the cut. Got it. What about the other, like, 60s, 70s? So the Jackson 5, I think, is what you would consider, like, the official first boy bands, because they were singing, they were dancing. Okay, got it. Also the Osmonds. Mm, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like the other ones who really... So you have to be a triple threat to be a boy band. You do. It's a tough job. Jesus. I know. I can't imagine. Couldn't do it myself? No, I could definitely could not. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, I wanted to be a triple threat so bad when I was younger. I know. The sing... You know, the dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I could be a single threat, that would honestly be great. Just but really everything was not working out. It was tough. Favor. Um, okay, so then... Uh, the term officially came to be in the 1980s, and um, they were called male vocal groups. Before, they were just called male vocal groups or hep harmony singing groups. Oh. Groups such as New Edition and New Kids on the Block carried the torch through the 80s, and by the 90s gave birth. Uh, the 90s gave birth to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. 
But in the early 1990s, basically the most prominent boy bands at that time were R&B and like had gospel elements, like All for One and Boys to Men. Mm, Boys, Boys to Men. Men. They um they were apparently the most successful boy band act on the U.S. Hot 100, as well as the Australian single chart. But they were um, marketed more towards adults. Oh, okay, not like teenage girls. And when you have when you don't have the teenage girls on your side, you need them to gain success. You need the hysteria. Boys to Men. Have you seen the Long Shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron? Yes, 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 yes. Do you remember they like play at the political fundraiser, and then all of a sudden she's like starts dancing, and I was truly like to Knoll, I was like, who's Boys to who, who are Boys to Men? It was before our time. I didn't know, and before our time, and also like not marketed towards our age group at all. Right. But I think they just performed at the Hollywood Bowl. Like I think yes. that they're still huge. Yes, or they're having like a resurgence. Exactly. Well, good for them. Everyone wants to get back in this nostalgia. Are, are they hot? I don't know. I mean, I, sh- I assume like their voices are pretty hot. Right. So sometimes that will carry through. Mm. Um, it wasn't until 1997 and the change from R&B to pop oriented groups that the boy band exploded commercially and dominated the market in the United States. Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, mm-hmm. sync, and Hanson. I never got into Hanson. I never got into Hanson, but I was... I think out of all three, I knew 98 Degrees the most, probably because of newlyweds. I'm sorry mm. to say, that is like a, that's a terrible statement. <laughs> My jaw just dropped if you guys couldn't see. I knew 98 just Degrees for Jessica. because of Nick. If you guys didn't know, Nick Lachey was, and his brother were in 98 Degrees. But Nick and Drew, and who else was in it? No one knows. No. I mean, if it wasn't for Jessica, no one would even really know about Nick anymore. And there it is. And there it is. Sorry to say. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, okay. So... Here we go. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's talk about. Well, okay. Also today, I'm just going to be focusing on NSYNC and Backstreet Boys because yes. they were the ones that dominated everything. They're the ones that people are going to get the most excited about. Exactly, and they're the ones that like their legacy lasts the longest today. Sure has. So, but first, we need to talk about this guy, Lou Pearlman. Lou per- Pearlman was argu- arguably the most successful boy manager, boy band manager. Oh boy, Lou Pearlman founded Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Oh, shit. He founded both of them. They were created by the same guy. Is he still with us? He is not with us. Okay, I was going to say, is he very rich still? Lou Pearlman is a terrible guy. I mean, (laughs) this is usually how the story goes. Isn't it? He is evil, crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised that his name hasn't come up more in our history. Like problematic. Yes. And just like, it's crazy that he created the two biggest boy bands of all time. Wait. I can picture him. You can? Is he he was in some documentary. I wanna say was he talking about has he founded other mm-hmm. He also founded LFO in nineteen ninety five, O Town in two thousand and US five in two thousand five. He also managed Aaron Carter for a little bit. Okay. I've seen him like I can picture him coming up in, like, like a bigger white dude. Yes, I can totally see. He's his from face. Orlando, Florida, and he looks like he's from Orlando, Florida. And I looked at our charts today. Orlando is our second biggest city in Florida, so I'm sorry to offend any Orlando people. Wait, what? Yeah. We have listeners in Florida? We sure do. Who the hell are you? Yeah, please DM us right now. Literally, be like, I live in Florida, Mm -hmm. and we will support you, and we love you just the same. Exactly, even though you're from Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm from Arkansas. It's not like I can be like, I'm high class. Hey. But um, at Right Answers Mostly, let us know where you are. Please. Um, Okay, so 
Uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC became the two biggest boy bands in the late 1990s and early 2000s. And Backstreet Boys went on to become the best-selling boy band in history with over 100 million records sold. Backstreet Boys did? So as you know, I'm an NSYNC girly, but I have to give respect where respect is due. And Backstreet Boys is technically a more successful band. I always thought NSYNC was like the more popular. I thought so too. But is it different of like fan favorite now versus like technical um or no you know what and we'll get into this mm. you know why NSYNC seems like the biggest star yeah it's because of Justin it is I'm Cause sorry because he, he is the most he is the star factor he is in Backstreet Boys I don't feel like didn't ever have that one guy that was like he is a star the star factor you need it you're either born with it or you're not it's like destiny's child yes. it's like spice girls we all oh, we always God. see one come out you know it uh, you know one direction's actually been pretty good like definitely it's hairy obviously but like um niall horn i feel like is like making his way downtown yeah they're all like i'm rooting for all of them maybe not zane not zane but the rest of them we're rooting for i don't even think they're rooting for zane though no one is no one is so Gigi isn't no she's sure not yolanda sure yeah. not <laughs> Okay, so let's first get into the Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. Tess. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm sweating, Claire. Can you name no. all... Can you name one Backstreet Boy? Okay. I, by the way, I could have only named one before my research. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nick Carter. Got it. Backstreet's back. All right. All right. Um, like Joey something? That's in sync. Um, Lance? That's in sync. <laughs> Shall I oh, first? Oh, oh, go, go. Um, oh, it just came to me. You got this. Fuck. Sorry, the P. No. <laughs> we have Nick Carter. Howie, fuck. I was like, oh. look up how you um, pronounce it. DeRoe, I think it's his name. Howie DeRoe, AJ McLean, and Cousins, Brian Luttrell, and Kevin Richardson. Okay, yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> me either. What AJ and Howie, such interesting names. Such, such, in- Kevin? Wow, such interesting names. Okay, so they were formed by Lou Perlman Mm. in 1993 in Orlando, Florida. Perlman started Transcontinental Records with the the intent of mimicking the new kids on the block business model. So he was like, I want to do whatever they're doing. Right. Um, Howie Durow and AJ McLean were natives of Orlando, Florida, who met each other through a mutual vocal coach and later discovered Nick Carter through auditions. Oh, um, okay, so in 1992, so they kind of like knew each other before the auditioning process started. Mm, were they it, like friends or just like, hey, what's I up? think that they were like um, acquaintances, like oh. they knew each other. Okay. But in 1992, Lou Pearlman placed an ad in the Orlando Sentinel to compose a vocal group with a new kids on the block look with a boys to men sound. Which, to me, that's basically being like an R&B sound, but white guys. I mean, we've seen this before. Elvis. Elvis. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even, like, put that together until now, but that's exactly what was going on. But also, like, the manager being evil. Like, it's a lot of Elvis vibes. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Mm-hmm. We just never know when our episodes will cross over like no, this. Check I mean, out our Elvis episode. Please do. Um, okay. I got to stop slurring. Here we go. <clears throat> um, AJ McLean was the first to audition for Perlman in his living room. And he became the group's first member at age 14. What a different time. Was Lou sexually harassing them? I never found that. He was 
a horrible guy in a lot of other ways, but I never found anything like that. Got it. That sounds very predatory. It sounds, I mean, I do think he was a predator in other ways, maybe not sexually that I know of. Right, right. You guys will correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. Um, Okay, so between late 1992 and March 1993, Perlman held open casting calls and hundreds of young performers auditioned at his blimp hangar (laughs) in Orlando. This man, he was obsessed with blimps, though. Well, that's... And to have a blimp hanger, that must have been huge. Also, blimps are so expensive. Yeah. Well, he was um, he was a fraud. He had, like, some insurance fraud going on before even all this started. Say no more. If you're into blimps, you're probably <laughs> a fraudulent human being. Look out for that on your dating profiles if anyone's into blimps. Magicians and blimps. I'm that's so, I'm right. sorry to bring it there. But we have to. We have to warn you. Truly. Um, ultimately, Nick Carter, at the age of 12... And Howie DeRoe, at the age of 19, a lo- huge age difference, huge different walks of life, oh. uh, along with two other boy er, members in, uh, named Burke Parsons and Sam Lydica, were selected after meeting Perlman's expectations. So right now, we have AJ, who is the first one, who's 14, Nick Carter, who's 12, Howie, who's 19, and the two other guys, Burke and Sam. Wow, I, I always thought they were the same age. I, I thought, thought they all too. started at like 17 and 18. 12 is so young. So Aaron probably was like 10, Aaron Carter, like 10. But your voice or, is going to sound so like prepubescent. Well, you know it's going to change some. And the mustache is going to come in. <laughs> Got the acne, the mm. smells. It's all tough. No. So pretty... Um, Soon, the okay, so the boys would get together at Lou's Blimp Hanger and at his home <laughs> and at his home to practice. And they would receive singing lessons and they would hang out. They were like forced, forced, but I think that they were excited and they would go everywhere together to bond. And they often went out to the best restaurants on Lou's tab. So he's like, "Come on, boys, I'm going to take you to dinner, and it's going on my tab." He's like, Shirley Temple's for everyone. It's like just so haunting. <laughs> they like definitely were going to Benihana's. Like, you know they were. Or Chili's, perhaps. Or Chili's. But maybe they were like, maybe that was always Instinct's thing, you know? Oh, that's true. Um, okay, so it seemed everything was going great. But egos, parents, and contracts derail, derailed the very first line off, lineup before even taking off. Mm. So Burke Parsons left the group due to, conf- uh, due to conflicted feelings between, sorry, between having a calling to serve God or to be in a boy band and entertain. He chose to follow God because he wasn't really into the scene and his mother's frequent blowups with Perlman were a factor. So Burke's serving God and he's not serving Backstreet Boys. So he's out. Goodbye. Goodbye, Burke. Hope he found God. I hope he did too. And maybe that's a lasting relation or a longer lasting relationship for him. So <laughs> I mean, let's hope so. Great for Burke. Because I would be like God damn it. God, it would suck to go see. Like, I mean, I'm sure they're like, we're in a blimp hangar in Orlando. Like, this isn't taking off. That's true. It seems tough. But they bring in this guy, Charles, who is a classmate of Howie in 1993. And they officially signed as Backstreet Boys with Lou Pearlman, with Nick, AJ, Howie, a guy named Charles, and Sam. But Charles is already out because he had issues with his vocals and not blending in with the other guys. And he had, he had trouble staying on key and dancing was his dancing wasn't on par with the other boys. Mm, there's always one. There's always one. Um, so they, he, Lou was like, he's got to be out. And the other guys were like pretty sad. They wanted him to stay in, but Aww. I know it's not sad. Well, sometimes we have to let those, those things go. It's true. And in March, 1993, after seeing and talking to Kevin Richardson, who is eventually in the band at a nightclub, Lou's business partner's wife, Gloria, asked him if he was interested in joining a new group in Orlando that was being put together. And Kevin was like, 
I'm interested. Yeah. So Gloria, along with Lou's limo driver, would bring Kevin Richardson up to Lou after meeting him. And he played Kevin the group's demo recordings and showed pictures of the group to Kevin. And Kevin saw them perform because Kevin's 21. He's like, they He's like seem <laughs> literally. He's like, they seem a little young because Nick Carter is 12. Oh Jesus! But then he's like, why not? I'll join. And then at this time, Sam wanted his own solo career, and he quit. And I'm like, guys, get it together because I cannot keep up with all of your names. No, I mean, still, I can't. I cannot. Uh, it's remember. tough. I know. So Sam is out. Sam is out. Yep. Okay. So we're down now, and they're so. They need one more member of the group. And so Lou is like, Kevin, the new guy, you got anyone? And Kevin's like, I have a cousin in Kentucky that can actually sing. (laughs) So he's like, call your Kentucky cousin and get him out to Orlando. And so he he did. He called his cousin, Brian Luttrell, who is 18 year old. 18 years old at the time, and he joins the group on April 20th, 1993, a day after receiving a phone call from Richardson. So he gets a call the next day. He's in Backstreet Boys. So then April 20th, 1993 is the official date of the Backstreet Boys fully forming. Wow. We have Howie at 19, AJ at 15, Nick was now 13, Brian at 18, and Kevin at 22. What a weird little group. (laughs) Also, like, they're not all really, quote, like, they hadn't been pursuing music or, like... I mean, Nick didn't even have the chance. Right. It's kind of like, oh, I know a guy. Like, it sounds like that's kind of how it formed. A hundred percent, which is crazy. Like, and they're all coming from, like not nepo babies at all right they could just sing and dance and we're at the right place at the right time oh int- oh, i'm excited to hear if that was similar than sync or if that was different we'll get there mm. so um okay perlman decided to call them backstreet boys after orlando's backstreet market which is an outdoor flea market near international drive which was also a teen teen hangout oh so hey do you want to know where they had their first performance in the hangar SeaWorld orlando Honestly, <laughs> at that time, at that time, that was cool. Like Jessica used to perform there too. Where people used to perform is wild. Like at the malls, at uh, like mall performances, race cars, Walmart. Yeah, Ashley oh. Simpson at Walmart. Never forget. <laughs> I, I will never forget it. Absolutely not. They're like just in between your groceries and your tire section. Ashley Simpson's like singing pieces of me. <laughs> it's like we'll never get that back. I'm always like, how much were they paid for that? Not enough. But, like, why would they – like, do you think it was, like, decent? I think it was a different time. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, hey. And now we have too much of everything. That is true. But on May 8th, 1993, the first performance of Backstreet Boys is at SeaWorld Orlando. Hey, tourist season. <sighs> they're, getting, oh. they're getting into it. They are. And they uh, continue to p- perform in various venues during the summer, um, shopping malls, restaurants. They toured schools. They went back to Latrell's former school, which makes me so happy oh, for him. Like high school? Yeah. Oh, that is cute. He's like up there shaking that thing in front mm, of his peers, and it just makes me excited for him. That is cute. That must be a good feeling to be like, hey, you little Doesn't bitches. Doesn't it? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you might have made fun of me when I was joining a group in Orlando That's with a right. 12 year old, but here I am but now. I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so um, they signed their first record deal uh, with David Resner. Okay. And then at the end of December 1994, the group flew to Sweden to record some songs with Max Martin. Do you know Max Martin? Not familiar. You know every song he has written. He wrote all of Britney's Hit Me Baby One More Time. He wrote oh. 1989 with Taylor. Oh. He is a pop king. 
I, I did not know. The Swedish people can make such good pop songs mm. for some reason. I heard that one time that's like the way it's translated, like no American would write Hit Me Baby one more time, but the way it was translated in Sweden, it made sense. I don't oh, know. Oh, interesting. But it just made hits. Hey, good for him. Wait, isn't Hit Me Baby one more time like a 60s song? I uh, Maybe. Right? Like, am I spreading me spreading false information? <laughs> we have never. What's the one that she did that was a. I don't think Hit Me Baby One More Time is a. It's not. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. Hey, you know that this is not my forte of these, these pop kings and queens, but yeah. You guys do your homework. Yes, please let us know. Um, and then their first single was We've Got It Going On. Um, the groups fir- uh, finished recording their first album, Backstreet Boys, in the spring of 1996, but it was only released international, like in Europe. It mm. wasn't released in the U.S. And they did a whole Europe press, like press tour and push before they even like really touched the U.S. Because they just thought they'd be more successful there. I literally don't know why they did that. And maybe they they were saying like, let's test the waters over here. I yeah, guess. yeah. I don't know. Hey, sometimes things are bigger in other countries. Like we're bigger in Canada. Yeah, that's true. Shout out to our Canadian Rammies. We adore you. <laughs> Love Don't you know? So Isn't much. that kind of Canadian? Don't you know? Isn't that um Is that Minnesota? Oh that's I think that's Min- a Canadian's like out out. Out. I was about out, about about. Yes. Right? You guys were great um <laughs> actors. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um okay, so Quit Playing Games With My Heart was originally released in Europe as their fourth single in October 1996. And it was released in uh, May of 1997 for their upcoming self-titled U.S. debut album, Backstreet Boys. So they had released four singles in Europe before even releasing anything in the U.S. Damn. And I do love that song. I have to say. Quit playing games with... I'm not going to sing anymore. Sing it. Keep going. I could put a clip in. Do Mm. it. We love the clip. We do. Um, okay, so their um, album Backstreet Boys was released on August 12th, 1997, Leo season, mm-hmm. and it peaked at number four on the U.S. album charts and eventually sold 14 million copies. Damn. The most successful singles from Backstreet's Back mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. debut album were Everybody, Backstreet's Back, uh, As Long As You Love Me. Yeah. Uh. And, um, okay, yeah, that's uh, those are the only two that I have. But the two self-titled albums, the international debut and the U.S. debut, sold more than 28 million copies worldwide. So they were not overnight success, but they weren't like the second that they formed, they were very popular. The second that they released in America, it was game on. The girls had been waiting. Oh, the been teens quaking. had been quaking. They were ready for them. <laughs> I mean, I guess there hadn't – I mean, maybe I'm – misspeaking and being like i just feel like it was elvis and then it was like well it was elvis the beatles and then these boy bands i yeah so they were ready think of anyone else that really shook the nation no and i also think it's important to put into context like 28 million copies it's like i feel like we're so used to streaming that is 28 million people going to walmart going to borders going to all these places and buying a cd We'll never forget you. We, we love you forever. No, that's so true. I think now we're like, well, you get 28 million. You'd have 28 million and- streams in a second. No, which but is crazy. yeah, it was literally like getting a physical copy. I know. It's Damn. wild. Damn. Um, so they're riding high. 
sure they are. However, mm. in, in November 1997, <laughs> doctors discovered that a congenital hole, in, or, they discovered a congenital hole in Brian Luttrell's heart had enlarged to dangerous proportions. Luttrell postponed the open heart surgery twice <gasps> to meet touring no. obligations. <gasps> I'm sorry, this is so dark, but I put in asterisks, quit playing games with my heart. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's good, Claire. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you think he was being... I think Lou was like, you're going to get your ass on stage. Lou is like the colonel with Elvis, I and mean, you're going to perform. Say. He's like, still, like, I can't remember. It's so hard to keep up with these guys, who was who, but like... None of them are over the age of 25. Like, you're still developing. And Jesus, like, to have, like, that heart surgery, like, at such a young age. Also, you're, like, the boy bands gave their all. They are popping and locking, and their heart is working double. That is true. I mean, imagine the cardio that you're doing. It must just be that poor that poor guy. That is so sad. Um, he finally underwent the surgery on May 8th, 1998, in the middle of the Backstreet's Back tour. And the group, the group postponed the tour until July 1998 to get the... Latrell time to cover. Oh, good. I thought they were going to go on without him. Recover. Um, no. Okay. No. They, that would have been. I will say, a big difference I see, see between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys is like, we are a family. And NSYNC is like, we are a family. And Justin's like, I am a family within myself. Oh, they're a little bit more like every man for, or it was all of them but Justin. Yeah, I would say so. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when there's one star. I know. It's so tough. This happens on every... We've seen it so many times. Also on girl groups with like Fifth Harmony, Camila Cabello, but all uh, Normani oh. is my queen. Wait, she's from Fifth Harmony? She is. I don't even know what the other two... Or the other three, I guess. Don't even get me thinking about that music video I right know. now. Check out Normani Motivation. It's uh, the best. We'll post it. Also in 1998, Latrell brought a lawsuit against Lou Pearlman. And transcontinental, transcontinental in 1998, claiming that Perlman had not been truthful about the earnings made by the group. Tess, oh. listen to this. Oh, God. From 1993 to 1997, Perlman and his company took about $10 million in revenue, while the band only got 300000 can you imagine? This is what we have been saying about yep. all of these celebrities are not rich people nope. until like they get out of these bad management. It's also there's five members of the group, 300,000 divided by five members. I'm not doing that math, but you know it's not good. From and three Lou, years yep, of that? And Lou Pearlman took $10 million <gasps> from them. So Latrell is like, fuck that. Fuck you, Lou. And then um, – by the following year, the rest of the guys joined in on the lawsuit with them, which resulted in a, no- in a number of settlements. And they were like, goodbye, Lou, forever. How did, like, they even serve? Like, did they all live in different houses? Did they put them in one house? Like, where they're living? I'm always like, where they're living expenses taken care of? Now, that I don't know. But I guarantee you, Lou was like, take this house. You guys. And then if you're, like, asking for more, you're being selfish. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what they're – but also, again, these guys came from, like, nothing. So they're just, like, this is the way that it's supposed to be, And they're, I like, guess. we're just happy to be here. Exactly. Until Latrell – I forgot what his first name is. That's the last name is Latrell. I'm so sorry. Hey, it, it works. It's Latrell. But he was, like, enough is enough. Wow. Oh going under heart surgery. He's just, like, in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like – Beep. 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 
I can't. Okay. You know, it's not right. It's It's not right. right. It's not right. So goodbye, Lou. Now stay with me for all these stats on the Backstreet Boys real quick. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah. I can't believe two weeks ago I was saying fuck Backstreet Boys and now I'm like, but they do. They deserve it. It's complicated. It's what learning is about. Yeah, that's true. So they start recording their third studio album, Millennium, um, in the middle of the lawsuit. Millennium was released on May 18th, 1999. The album entered Billboard 200 at number one and sold 1,134,000 copies in the first week of its release. Damn. First week. Four singles were released from that album, um, Meaning of Being Lonely, Mm. The One, Larger Than Life, and... Oh, yeah, Larger Than Life, Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely and the One. Okay. What's Larger Than Life again? And that makes you Oh, duh. I know. Isn't it crazy? Oh, my God. These hits after hits. Oh, my God. Um, Okay, so Millennium became the best-selling album of 1999 in the U.S., selling 9,444,732 copies just in the U.S., Oh, out of every album. Yeah. It uh, eventually sold 12 million copies in the United States, and it was thir- certified three, or sorry, it was certified 13 times platinum. What does that mean? So there's like levels, there's like silver, gold, platinum, and I yeah. think like diamond, and that's like you hit it after a certain number of sales, oh, sales got that it, you got get. It. So, chic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Backstreet Boys were so chic. They were so chic to go platinum. No, 13 times. I mean, geez. Um, By October 1999, the Backstreet Boys faced new problems, declaring their current (laughs) jive contract null and void. I don't know what that means. But they soon striked one of the largest record deals ever, valued at $60 with jive. So finally, they're getting their money. They're getting $60 million with that record deal with jive. Damn. And they're all still like, um, they're friendly with each other at this point. I think they're family. Damn. I know. Okay, so Mm. yes, they're crushing it. However, in the 2015 Backstreet Boys documentary, quote, it was almost like a betrayal, Kevin Richardson recalled in the doc, looking back at the moment in 1995 when the boys founder and label CEO Lou Pearlman showed Richardson a VHS recording of the newly formed NSYNC showcasing their abilities. Quote, when we started out, we were like, yeah, we're a team. We're going to take over the world. There's nobody like us. He continued. Then you find out. Well, actually, there is somebody like you. Oh, so, wow. So do you, th- do you think NSYNC was formed because they were like, let's compete with the Backstreet Boys? Like they're doing so well. We need Lou to do was like, no, Lou created it being like, <gasps> I'm going to give competition. That's right. Wait, he did both of them. Yes. Oh my God. Yep. He was like, I'm going to give my biggest band competition. Because he was like, fuck you guys for. He was just like, I'm going to make more money and I can do this again. And it's going to make both groups even bigger and then they're gonna have to compete with each other and just keep giving me their money that is so dark so dark is he worse than the colonel like maybe disgusting ew so Tess oh (laughs) (laughs) alright here we go can you name a member of NSYNC if not all this one I'll be better at okay great Justin Timberlake you got it JC Chavez yes Chavez 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 Chavez. I don't know I I have it somewhere here um Chavez I think Chavez (laughs) JC JC um Joey yep Joey do you know his last name Fatone Fatone Mm -hmm. um give me a hint it was my ultimate crush I screamed when I said his name oh Lance Bass Uh uh-huh and like the Chris Kirkpatrick. Oh, I would I think that he's one. the like ultimate forgotten one. So sad. He is also the first uh, member of NSYNC. What? Oh, that is 
dark. <laughs> yeah, it, it always goes that way. Doesn't it? Okay, so there's five in each. Um, is there five in, in sync? Right? Yeah, I guess. Um, Justin, Joey, Lance, JC. Yeah, five in each. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So it's like carbon copy. So Lou Pearlman was introduced to Chris Kirkpatrick by mutual acquaintance in 1995 and was impressed by his talent. Can I get Savage for a second? Say I it. said the first and last time he heard that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting it there, so Claire. Mean. Call it out. But sorry, but like Chris and Joey, I mean, it's always tough. It, that is tough. So he immediately picked him up uh, to talk, start talking about starting a group. And Pearl promised, or Pearlman promised that he would help finance the boy band if Kirkpatrick could form a group. So he's like, I'll give you money. You got to get the group together, though. Jeez. Oh, wow. So he jumped on the opportunity and he made some calls, eventually finding Justin Timberlake, who had been on the TV show The Mickey Mouse Club, along with JC. That's right. I forgot that JC was on The Mickey Mouse Club, too. You know who else was in The Mickey Mouse Club? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Britney Spears. Britney. Carrie Russell. Really? Mm-hmm. You know who wasn't on the Mickey Mouse Club? Our queen. Jessica. She tried. She almost got it, and then Britney came out. Uh, Justin Timberlake was an asshole to her after that audition. She, like, did it, and then she came off stage, and he was like, you blew it. God, what a little dweeb. <laughs> also, didn't Jessica Simpson kiss Ryan, Ryan, or Ryan Gosling? Justin Timberlake. Oh, she kissed him. I think it was him, and he texted Ryan Gosling, and he's like, we always had a bet about who would get to kiss you first, and I finally did it. I mean, I'd have a bet, too. I mean, if I was like an eight-year-old boy. She was hot. Beautiful woman. Beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. So he calls up um, a vocal coach who had coached (laughs) Justin Timberlake, or sorry, it was a talent agent, about um, Justin joining their group. Okay. Um, So he needed, like... A little help. Yes, he needed good singers. And then the talent agent was like, I got my guy Justin. Oh, I see. I He'll see. be perfect. So um, at the end of Mickey Mouse Club, JC attempted to pursue pursue music in Los Angeles, but after feeling cheated, which he will feel his whole career. I also put that in. Oh, oh. Um, justice for JC. Mm. Uh, he moved back home. On his drive back, though, he stopped uh, at Justin Timberlake's house in Memphis, Tennessee, where the two wrote demos together. The two of them eventually re- relocated to Nashville while they while they continued to write songs and make demos. So Justin received a phone call from Chris Kirkpatrick, and he was like, "Hey man, you don't know me, but I'm in Orlando and I want to start a group." And Justin was like, "I'm down. My friend JC can also join. He's a great singer." How old was he? Like teenager? Great, I think that they were like teens at yeah, this yeah. point too. Um, so the three of them go to Orlando, Florida, to search for a baritone singer. Oh, whoa! <laughs> so intense. <laughs> where they encountered Joey Fatone, who knew Chris Kirkpatrick from their time working at Universal Studios Florida. Stop it. <laughs> You're going to make me sob. Were they tour guides? I'm sure that they were like, I don't know, are they like line people that push them in or something? Or maybe they're like performing. I don't know. But they worked at Universal Studios Orlando. Hey, you know. you got to start somewhere. you got to. There's no shame. There's no shame at all. <laughs> but that is funny. <laughs> you know? So the group finally recruited Jason Glass- Glasso as their bass singer after several auditions. NSYNC created their name after Timberlake's mother commented on how in sync the group's singing voices were. Wow. So Justin's mom, huh? That poor woman I'm punked. Oh, I know. <laughs> she's had to go through it all. She really has. Um, the group's name is also a play on the last letter of each of the initial of the members' names. So Justin, Chris, Ince. Um, Joey, Jason, and JC in sync. That seems 
I mean, I guess that is kind of cool. Kind of perfect. I don't know why the star, because there's like always a star in front of NSYNC. The other day, my phone like auto-capped it to have an asterisk. And I was like, thank Wait, you so really? much for your service. Wow. Yeah. Gorgeous. So they get to rehearsing and they officially sign with Perlman's transcontinental label. But then Jason is like, I actually don't want this teen idol life. And he drops out. So, oh, no, we need a bassist singer now. Right. Timberlake eventually called his vocal coach, who suggested a 16-year-old from Mississippi named Lance Bass. Bass flew to Orlando to audition and was immediately accepted into the group. I love this part. He he was nicknamed Lanston so they could keep the name in sync because he needed an N at the end of his name. (laughs) like dude guys it's it's not necessary like and think of, just give it up no one's gonna know it's no. your last initial it's just like you're doing too much it's one step too far so they're like you're gonna be go by lance he's like, but i don't want that they're like, well you have to i mean i'm sure lance got bullied multiple times I, but oh well, well he is my king he is a sweet sweet man now friends with all the housewives really all the housewives and like Chris what jenner what too gorgeous career trajectory for him he's literally like peace out no kidding i'm happy so from there perlman set the five boys up in a house in orlando florida where they rehearsed constantly learning dance routines and vocal parts and working on promotion for their first public performance at pleasure island on october 22nd 1995 what is that i don't know i should have done some more digging i'm scared there's a link here i'm scared to click on the link of what pleasure Island. don't click it right now not now not now maybe later so the group performed for um, Perlman and a group of BMG executives. Although the record company had some concerns with the band's name and with Bass's dancing ability, which eventually improved, they agreed to sign to BMG with um, Wright as their manager, who was also managing Backstreet Boys. So same record company, same manager. Oh my God, they must have just hated each other from the beginning. They, okay, Backstreet Boys have said, we did not like NSYNC from the beginning. And NSYNC was like, well, we never thought there was competition because they were the second. And they're like the bright, bright, I shiny mean, new star. That kind of makes sense. Doesn't it? Because Backstreet Boys knows that they will be, for, they will be not forgotten, but I think that's the fear of like the I pioneer would, of anything. I would be so stressed. Backstreet <sighs> Boys did run so NSYNC could walk. Wow. I can't believe, I, who am I? Wow. Find you a girl who can grow. This is why we do this, because this has happened to us multiple times on this show. We have to be like, why was that there? Thank you. Yeah. Why was that there? And we're uncovering it. And I'm still in sync early for life. Yes. But hey, this is beautiful to watch in real time. (laughs) (laughs) So like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC launched in Europe first. They went to work with Max Martin, too. And they began releasing singles in Germany. And they became megastars. Um across the world seemingly overnight and it wasn't until march 1998 that the group officially dropped their self-titled debut album in the u.s a full year after it was released in european markets so they were like let's just do that same thing again it worked literally and Corey is so obsessed with that first album so he was actually my limewire lover was in a group um Mm. at school called nsync 2 (laughs) stop it and they performed on the playground stop it Oh my god, that is so cute. Also, I want to apologize to um, my neighbor Lauren for the blasting of NSYNC music you have heard this past week. Lauren is like an early 2000s girly. I feel like she she loves she it. She understands. She also told She's me like, she was I an NSYNC girly. <laughs> yeah. She's Tilly's, like, don't say Tilly's like, turn it off. Enough. Tilly's like, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tilly, it's NSYNC. We cannot stop. That is true. Um, okay, so actually, 
album sales were sluggish, debuting at number 82 on the Billboard 200 for NSYNC. Oh. But were helped when the mm. Disney Channel aired a concert special on July 18th, 1998. The concert was offered to the Backstreet Boys first, but they had to back out due to Brian Luttrell needing heart surgery. Oh, poor Brian. I know. Oh, God. I know. It's not his fault. I know. So the so NSYNC had to come in and do it. Mm. Five weeks before the concert, the album sat at number 82 on the album charts. Three weeks after the concert, the album reached number nine. The Power of Disney. Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. Uh, DCOMs. <laughs> Friday nights. I miss No, them. I know. I can't even. But the Disney Channel was a um, revolutionary Channel. Yeah, I would have followed it wherever it took me. I still would. Same. Well, same. So they release um, Tearing Up My Heart. It's tearing up my heart when, when I'm with you. you. Thank you. Uh, you know uh. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So which is a huge success and one of the hundred greatest songs of the 90s, according to VH1. And then they go on tour. Do you know who they opened for? Irony. Think irony. Okay. Irony. Brittany. Christina. Janet. Jackson. Can you believe? I never knew. Right? Wow. I know. So they made, um, so that helped with getting the album sales up as well. They made television spots on shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I used to love that show. Oh my God, the celebrity guest stars Uh, on that show were everything. It was so exciting. Oh, it was. She was so cute on that show. They were all so cute on the show. The ants were so cute. Is she okay now? Um, Danny always calls her Melissa Joan. Wait, yeah, he hates Fart. her. He literally hates he her. He said in his book he doesn't actually, but he just likes that like kind of narrative. Oh, I of thought it. she said something bad about gay people or something. No, that's um, Candace. Oh yeah, I'm Boring so sorry. I or whatever to her name. Offend, Melissa from Full House. Oh yes, we can't with her. We will not Even mix give, up the mm, two. Mm, mm, no, no. Okay, so they release. Um, okay, they uh, the. Album eventually hit Certified Diamond and shipments, um, and it, sorry, Certified Diamond for shipments in excess of 10 million units. I don't know what that means. No. <laughs> you just start going into like the most packaging, tracking. <laughs> like they use this many gallons of gas to like, get to oh, this shit. many stores. <laughs> um, okay. They made a Christmas album in 1998. What's that song? Merry Christmas. I remember it so well. Canal plays so that a lot. Good. That's a great song. He's like, that should be the only Christmas album played in our house during the holidays. And I don't disagree. Except for Jessica. Jessica. Yep. Thank you. Um, they achieved the rare feat from that Christmas album of having two albums in the Billboard Top 10 at the same time. In 1999, NSYNC also recorded their version of the song Trash in the Camp with Phil Collins for the song or for the movie Tarzan. Such a great album. Tarzan had no business being that iconic because <laughs> it had a whole Phil Collins album, Rosie O'Donnell, and then NSYNC comes on a track and Tarzan was hot as hell. Rosie O'Donnell. She plays um, the monkey. The um, his like sidekick oh monkey, really? Yeah, and Minnie Driver plays Jane. Uh, like, who gave them permission to be so good? God, that beautiful, beautiful music. It's stunning, mm. stunning. Mm. So, in 1999, NSYNC also entered a public, a publicized legal battle with Lou Pearlman due to what the group believed were illicit business practices on his part. So, wait, how were like, it wasn't known that Lou had done this to Backstreet Boys, that there was a lawsuit. Like I think, like, it was happening at similar kind of times. Oh, right, because I remember. 
it might have happened like a year or two before, but I'm sure in sync. I mean, all of these guys don't know how you're supposed to be treated. They have no one else taking care of them. Exactly. Oh, that is so true. So apparently they th- they sued him for defrauding the group of more than 50% of their earnings rather than the promise of only receiving one-sixth of their uh, rather than his pro- promise of receiving only one-sixth of the pro- profits. Um, same thing that happened with the Backstreet Boys. The group Gross. threatened to leave and sign with Jive Records, which promoted Perlman and RCA to countersue sync for $150 million. Basically, they did something similar to like what Taylor went through with Scooter. They were like, we're mm-hmm. going to own all of your music and you can't ever record anything else with anyone else. Um, but Damn. in the end... Um, they reached an undisclosed settlement out of court, freeing the group of um, freeing the group to release future albums on Jive Records, and they still definitely owed NSYNC money. But then they could like leave and go to Jive, which is also where the Backstreet Boys ended up. So they're like, "Hey, nice to see you here." <laughs> yeah. Those Backstreet Boys, I would be like, "Get out!" I'm also like imagining Backstreet Boys to be like in their fifties at this point, and I'm like, they've just like <laughs> they've we've lived seen some so shit. much life. But they really have. Especially Brian. No kidding. God. So while most legal battles would slow the artist down, by the year 2000, both groups were at the head of international pop phenomenon. While two boy bands worked together to fight the money that was stolen, fight for the money that was stolen from them, the fans fueled a rivalry. Perlman, whether accidentally or on purpose, created the Beatles versus Stones of the new millennium as the groups raced to become bigger than one another. And basically, Richardson gave an interview to Rolling Stone being like, it's not in sync that bothers me. It's how they came about that bothers me. He said, I lost my father to cancer. So I looked at Lou like a father blind. Uh, I looked at Lou like a father, um, father figure, but I was naive and he was a liar. We always remember him for helping us get started, but we'll also always remember him for screwing us blind and building another group behind our backs. I mean... Yeah, kind of like you can't really pros the cons that way. No, no, exactly. So and then NSYNC felt less of the bitterness. Justin Timberlake was like, people try to make a feud out of everything, but we don't see it like that. Well, I'm sure that's what we were saying, sweetheart. Yeah, but Backstreet Boys felt very different. So we're in 2000. Backstreet Boys releases the album Black and Blue in November of 2000. It sold 1.6 million discs. Oh my God, discs. And the first week, making them the first artist since the Beatles to achieve back to back million plus first week sales. Wow. And that's where we get Shape of My Heart, The Call, which that song will always haunt me now. That, that is my favorite. I think that is my favorite. It um, is so good. Wait, that is in sync. That is Backstreet Boys. God damn it. We are setting the record okay. straight. Um, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So such a fucked up song. I still can't get over it. But the it. chorus is like phenomenal. Uh, the build. Uh, the build of it. The right? passion. Don't you want to like sprint down the street after hearing it? Truly. I used to work out to that song. Well, you can now. And I will continue to. <laughs> <laughs> also in 2000, NSYNC released Bye Bye Bye. It spent five weeks atop the Hot 100 um, airplay chart. It's often considered the group's signature song. The second single was... The end of April will never never be the same. Do you know what it is? It's going to be May. It's going to be May. May. <laughs> it's going to be May. <laughs> it became the group's first number one single in the U.S. That's crazy to me. So Bye 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 wasn't. What do people say like differentiates their music? Like, I will say, okay, I'm biased. Right. And I grew up with NSYNC, so this could affect it. 
Um, I like NSYNC's music so much better. Actually, I did find things in here that NSYNC had more hints of R&B than Backstreet Boys mm. was like solely pop. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, but I enjoy NSYNC's music. I mean, God, No Strings Attached, that album slaps. Did you know the song It Makes Me Ill was written by Real Housewives of Atlanta, Candy Burris. What? Yep. She wrote No Scrubs. And it makes me Did ill. She really? Mm-hmm. Good for her. And that's why she is like the richest housewife too. Oh, those res- residuals. Yeah, and she's an entrepreneur queen. Hey, good for her. Good for her. And we're, we're in sync better dancers. Wow, I don't know. Lance definitely wasn't, but the, watching them perform on like Oprah Winfrey at three p.m. and these dance routines that they had on a mini stage. I'm going to be on YouTube. Yes, the it's rest of this hilarious. Evening. It's hilarious. Oh my god. So they, um, the album also was the best-selling album of the decade in the U.S. Um, behind the Beatles one. Remember that album that came yes. out? The Beatles one. Yes, yes. Um, the album. Also was the most pre-ordered album on Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And it was beginning, um, which also all of this, like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC hitting all these records are a big deal because it's at this time that Napster and LimeWire are starting to shift away from sales. Can I also just say something really crazy? Please. Justin Timberlake plays the Napster founder, Sean Parker, in The Social Network. Wow. Do you remember Dakota Johnson's like, wait, are you Sean Parker? And he's like, yeah, the Sean Parker. I'm shook to my core. The way our world is just layered with so many things. I know. Oh, my God. I know. Wow, Justin wow, wow. Is really shows up everywhere. Yeah, he really does. So they also um, perform at the 2001 Super Bowl. Both of them, Backstreet Boys sings the national anthem and NSYNC played with Aerosmith at the halftime show. I wonder if. I'd be pissed if I had to do the national anthem. Pissed. I'd almost be like, I don't want to. That's the hardest song to sing, and no one's watching it. And like, no one the halftime cares. show. It's sad. Again, Ugh. the end is near. Mm. It always is. If yeah. NSYNC released their third album, Celebrity, which has a song "Pop," and "Gone." I dare to pop. Yep. That, <laughs> okay. that was great. See, thank you. And "Gone," baby girl, you're gone. Oh, gr- mm. thank you. <laughs> and then girlfriend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It just sounds like Justin Timberlake songs. Well, Justin mm. was working on his solo album, Justified, behind their back whilst they were uh, working on Celebrity. Um, yeah. So they, um, according to several sources, he had already been working on that. And NSYNC went on hiatus with it. Initially, it was supposed to be temporary, but the group never recorded music or toured together again. Timberlake, he was like, I was growing out of it. I feel like I cared a lot more about the music than some of the other group. And then Joey Fatone on the Jenny McCarthy show said, (laughs) yikes. Um, He said, I could have done a lot more than sit around waiting for your dumb ass while going on, uh, while you're going out on tour. Because the minute we parted our ways, the sense of a group, I was like, shit. I went and did Broadway, did Rent on Broadway, did Little Shop of Horrors, like, great, Joey, we get it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, I started doing things at first. I was I was waiting because I, I know that when you do an album, okay, I can't read the rest of this quote, but basically he was just like, I was waiting for your ass because they all thought, Lance Bass also said that he turned down other jobs because they all thought they were going to come back together and JT was like, peace out. Ew, it's like, just communicate. I know, I know. Um, I get growing out of something like that. Of is, course, 
this happens time and time again with actors on shows. Like, there's always one, the Misha Barton, the... Exactly. It's just like, my time is done, but it's like, just do it in a respectful way. Talk about it. I mean, luckily, I think NSYNC did come... Didn't they all come and perform on the halftime show, or did they not? I can't remember. I don't know. I feel like they performed together at least one more time before. But then we know, like, Justin went on to have a... And Justified, I gotta admit, that album is... Wow, it's good. There is talent there. Wait, is Girlfriend on Justified, actually? I think that isn't. I didn't. I thought that was a Justin Timberlake. Song. I think it might be Wikipedia. Wow. Wow. Our fa- well, our that's stepfather. Why we, that's why we called our stepfather. Yeah, that's why we put a step in front of it. Exactly. Okay? Because sometimes they the, do you the dirty. betrayal. Wow. The betrayal is. I feel it more <laughs> than I ever have. Now, Backstreet Boys, and to, so they are kind of trying to figure their shit out in the new decade. In November two thousand three, McLean appeared on the Oprah, Oprah Winfrey show to talk about his addiction to alcohol and drugs oh. and a struggle um, in rising to his fame for the first time in public. The rest of the group surprised him by appearing in person to give him support, making this the first time the Backstreet Boys had appeared together in public in almost two years. The Backstreet Boys do seem friendlier well they're still together today oh that's right they went on tour they went on tour they have a residency they had a residency in vegas in 2016 and then they had a residency in vegas in 2022 so they i mean they're just truly so supportive of each other they're so supportive of each other they just like okay so nick carter tried a solo career for a while and then came back in the group and then this i think brian also left the group but we'd like perform with them everywhere Mm. And then he came back to the group. So they're officially back together. Backstreet's back. All right. Ugh, I know. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I did I did think it would have been fun to see their residency. Now I do. After this research, before I would have resisted. It, wow. Wow. But now I would have. Well, it's not like NSYNC's ever getting back together, no, right? No, that is for sure. That is for sure. I, I mean, they even talk to each other anymore. I feel like all of them would except for JT. But JT, it would look good for you to do that. I think... You should. If you're listening, still. He probably is. <laughs> I know he always will click on Battle of the Bands. Anything about himself. Totally. So, okay, that's them. Now, what happened to Lou Pearlman? So with the exception Karma. of US uh, 5 and Marshall Dillon, I don't know who that those people are, all of the musical acts that worked with Pearlman sued him in federal court for misrepresentation and fraud. Damn. All cases against Pearlman either have been won by those who have brought lawsuits against him or have been settled out of court. At age 14, Aaron Carter filed a lawsuit in 2002 oh. that accused Pearlman and Transcontinental of cheating him out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. He went to Aaron Carter? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Nick Carter be like, don't do that? He was in it with him. I'm just so confused. Yeah, I know. Well, so if Aaron Carter was 14 when he did that, like Nick wasn't oh, that much older right. than him. So it was probably at the same okay, time. Okay, I keep forgetting that this is simultaneously like happening. It's crazy. So, in 2006, investigators discovered Perlman had perpetrated the longest-running Ponzi scheme in American history and had defrauded (laughs) investors out of more than $1 billion. Holy shit. Out of which $300 million is still missing. For more than 20 years, Perlman had enticed individuals and banks to invest in Transcontinental Airlines, Transcon Records, and both companies' parent company, Transcontinental International Inc. All three companies were fictitious that existed only on paper. Oh, my God. After being apprehended, he pled guilty to conspiracy, money laundering, and marketing false statements during a bankruptcy proceeding. 
In 2008, Perlman was convicted and sentenced to 25 years in prison. He died in federal custody in 2016 from a stroke when he was 62 years old. Well, Karma is my boyfriend. Karma, Karma is, is my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but not no, a good but man. Like, like, he stole, I mean, he's like the Jin Shaw of our generation. Like, he stole and so much money from people. Truly taking advantage of children. Children and their families. Like, yes, and would stop at nothing. Exactly. So gross. Gross, gross, gross not for us. Not for Trash, trash, trash. Lou Perlman is not for us. <laughs> And that is back. The, that's the battle of the bands. Backstreet uh, Boys versus NSYNC. Now, I do have one more game for you. Okay. If you don't mind pulling yes. up that email that I sent to okay. you. Okay. I, I saw it, but I didn't open it because I didn't know if it was going to be a surprise. We are going to play a little game of hot <gasps> or not. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so excited. Just like the teen days. Okay. Just yes. like our modern days. I okay. Mean, just like every day of our life. Exactly. So let's start off with Backstreet Boys. Okay. Coming in first, Nick Carter. Tess, hot or not? Not for me. You know I'm going to say hot. I love a blonde. I know you really do. <laughs> I, I, Besides Leo, blondes aren't mm. really my thing. He was the only one I thought was hot. Yeah, I mean, in this photo, if I was like 12, I think yes. But okay, let me think about this as a teenager. Yes, and P.S., Backstreet Boys, I was very kind with their photos. Okay, because I, okay, so I'll say yes. Okay, I'll say yes. Hot, hot. Okay. Number two, Howie Durow. Not. I agree. Not. Like, kind of cutie. Yeah. But he doesn't make... Doesn't seem confident. Yes, exactly. You know? Number three, A.J. McLean. No. Is A.J. McLean or is it Bryant? Let me see A.J. McLean real quick. He's the with the goatee with the two. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Top, top, top. Yeah, yeah. No, A.J. McLean, not. Sorry. Uh, Brian Luttrell. Honestly, I can feel it. He looks Hot. like he has the... Buckle <laughs> fence! His jawline. It's wild. I like him because he seems like the sweet like guy in high school that you're like, you're hot, you don't even know it. Apparently him and Chris Kirkpatrick had beef over a girl and Chris Kirkpatrick went up to him and bar was like, I'm gonna kick your ass, kick your ass. Oh my god, what? Kick your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Kick your ass. Wait, what? And then I'll kick- And then I'll kick her, sir. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a minute to get there. But then they were like, let's have a beer and we'll get over it. Oh, well, yeah. friendship. Yeah, exactly. And lastly, Kevin Richardson. I've always had a complicated relationship with how I think about this man because, like, there was a time where I was like, he looks so intense that he scares me as a young girl. And now I'm like, yeah, he's hot. As a young girl, he terrified me. He looked too sexual to understand. <laughs> yes, like a Disney villain. Yes, that you were like, one day I might be attracted to you, but now I would say hot. But now I fear. Um, I think, again, I was being generous with your photos. Okay. From this time. Okay. Shall we move on to NSYNC? Oh my God, the Tiger Feet photo. It, number one, Chris Kirkpatrick. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Chris. Not a shingle. But like, never. Never. Um, who's next? It's him. It's it. Justin Timberlake. No, I've never been attracted to him. Even in the rom-coms, mm. even all the movies, I'm just like... <sighs> the ramen hair was really tough for me, but I think he... I think he's hot now. Right. But just trying to, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah. say anything I'll regret. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and who's next? I don't have the list for insane. Um, it's JC. JC. Who I think is a very handsome man. So hot. So hot. <laughs> Can I name drop? <laughs> Please. So... When we, we went to this Halloween party a few years ago, 2016, and we were with our dear friend Hannah Rami, and he went up to her, and forgive me if this is not the right statement, but he said, you look like a badass bitch to her. 
I just can't get over that interaction. Like, I would have died. I love JC. He is also seems kind. Um, next, is it Joey? Joey Fatone? Absolutely not. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. No. Once again, no. Every music video, it would be like J- Justin and JC, and then like millisecond on Chris and Joey, and then like a second he on He reminds Lance. me of someone that we know. The eyes. Hmm. Which back. I'll have to really think about. I think he was like, like on a cooking show, and I feel like he's still kicking. It will come to me. He's still kicking. Yeah. And lastly, <laughs> his photos. I have to add that photo. Oh my, Lance Bass. I'll let you speak. <laughs> Where do I begin? The photo that we're looking at right now is Lance. We'll post it. Um, sitting back like back on his heels um, with a wave coming up to him in full dark denim with no shirt on the beach holding his crotch <laughs> and his eyes looking rather demonic also is he wearing a wedding ring <laughs> that's on his right hand is that oh okay hey it was a time um so yeah that is that's in sync that's all wow. we got time for god that was so fun I feel so informed I feel like I'm a true that was the stamp of like being a true 90s kid wow and now I can be like someone can say something and I'll be like Official. No, the call is Backstreet Boys. Not an NSYNC song, you little idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll yell at people now. I could have used you two weeks ago. I will will continue to stand up for all of them. Exactly. Honorable mention, obviously, Justin dated Britney and Nick Carter dated Paris Hilton. Yep. And he cheated on her with Haley Duff, I want to say. Right. Which is crazy. Oh, my. Yeah, all the romances. I mean. Oh, no, sorry. He cheated on her with Ashley Simpson. Oh my God, Ashley! I know it's After crazy. Ryan Cabrera, I, uh, I assume I have a Ryan Cabrera story, and we don't have time, but yeah, we'll say, get there. Say it on Patreon, exactly. Join Patreon seven ninety nine. Oh my gosh, that was so fun, Claire! Thank you so much, guys. We have one more episode uh, of Childhood Nostalgia Month, and we can't wait to bring it to you. I think it's gonna be hey. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be a good time. Um, if you're ah. still sticking around, please follow us on Instagram at Right Answers Mostly. Give us a five star and a review and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Send us your email too, and we'll add you to our weekly Thursday newsletter where you get updates, more fun facts, and our favorites of the week. That's right. And we just love you the most. <gasps> the most. We wish we could give you all a big hug. hug. That's right. Now play that NSYNC song. Mm. Mm. Goodbye, Rammies. Oh, bye, bye, bye. Bye. Ah. (laughs) Ah. She did it. She did it, folks. She always does. Ah.